0: joining us for the
1: Third Coast Conference this year in Chicago? Well, you might want to come a day early, because on November 8th, we bring you ReSound Live at Talia Hall, starring Phoebe Judge, the neo-futurists, Adriana Cardona, and me, Gwen Maxi, all performing original works, from the previously unspoken to the deliciously unexpected. ReSound Live will be part of our special two-week fest in Chicago, which will also include Love & Radio, Code Switch, and Reveal live on stage. To get tickets and see the entire fest lineup, go to thefestchicago.org. That's thefestchicago.org. We will see you there.
2: there you are listening to the third coast pocket conference i'm your host dennis funk on this episode we're presenting another episode from audiocraft 2017 the australian conference for radio makers and podcasters after listening be sure to subscribe to the audiocraft podcast where you can hear plenty of other sessions from some of the best audio minds from down under and beyond All right, so today we're sharing a session called Pod Life Balance. It features American producer Megan Tan, host and creator of the podcast Millennial, and Australian podcaster Sophie Harper of the show Not By Accident. Not only do they both share their own personal stories on their programs, but they also have no commute from sofa to studio. In this session, they'll unravel their podcasting lives and talk about how they got started, their production processes, and the pros and cons of putting themselves center stage. Okay, from Audiocroft 2017, here is Pod Life Balance.
3: We both produce a memoir podcast, a podcast about our lives, and we thought in the most memoirish of fashions, we would sit up in front of you and talk about what it's like to make one of those memoir podcasts (laughs) in a meta uh, and also probably self-reflective type of way. So that is what we're going to present to you this morning what is it like to make a podcast about your life and have everyone in the world have access to it uh, when you're in your closet and you don't think anyone is listening?
4: <laughs> and it would be intimate and personal because that's what we do. That's what yeah. we do.
3: <laughs> so.
4: Yeah, we'll start with, we've, we've each got a clip. Well, we've got a clip of each of our podcasts for you to hear. So my clip, just to set up. You've got one from season one, right? Yeah. And I've got one from, I think it's like my fifth episode. You'll get a feel for what, at least with mine, you'll get a feel for what my series is like.
3: So this is Sophie's Not By Accident.
4: Hello. Are you somewhere where you can talk? Oh, no, I want to speak to both of you. So let me talk to you first. Oh, I got you. So I have some news. (laughs) Hi. No, that's true, it's not your (laughs) birthday. I'm pregnant. I am. (laughs) On Thursday, the day before my first scan, I put on a baggy shirt and go and meet with my boss. She's energized after the summer break and excited about the year ahead. Her plans involve me. I realize I have to tell her immediately, not after the scan as I've intended. I'm shaking. I feel like my heart will stop. I think this is my worst ever betrayal. On Friday, I go for the scan. I can see you for the first time. You have all your arms and legs. I'm relieved for you. I want you to have as few obstacles in life as possible. I spend the whole weekend on the phone. 17 calls, nine hours. I'm happy and quite spun out I and mean, like, I've got a lot of things to get my head around and I'm not quite sure what my future holds, but, but it's great, it's great. Um, I, I know that my mum has told you my news and I know it's a bit um, unconventional, but I just, I hope, um, I hope it's, oh good, I'm happy to hear yeah. that. I do, I know exactly what I conceived. Because I only tried once and it worked, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, incredibly fertile. I had no idea. And it's a shock because it was meant to take a year. That's what they were telling me. Start now because it'll take, probably take you a year. And then it worked. And then I'm like, no, but the timing, the timing's terrible with work. <laughs> it's sort of an accident. I mean, it's half an accident. The timing's an accident. <laughs> I ran here today as well. And she said, I've got absolutely no problem with it. (laughs) That's good. People, like, they they can't stay unhappy, really. You know, they've all accepted me. (laughs) Even though it hasn't been easy for them. They've accepted my sexuality, so they'll accept this. But my mum is super excited. I'm pregnant, I'm three months pregnant. I had the scan yesterday and everything is healthy. (laughs) Thank you. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) It it still makes me cry, even though it's my life and like five years ago. (laughs)
3: And this is a clip from Millennial. I think it's safe to say that I've been waiting to graduate from college for the past eight years. And up until this point, I thought I'd done everything right internships, study abroad. And finally, here I was. Megan L. As I was walking across the stage, I really wanted to enjoy that moment. But I was thinking about where I was going to be in two months. I didn't have a plan for life after graduation. You're listening to Millennial, a podcast series that documents something that no one teaches you. How to maneuver your 20s. A period that everyone goes through and that 80 million people find themselves in right now. Each episode will be documenting what it's like to be one of those millennials. So Sophie, I feel like we both started uh, on this journey of Doing these personal stories in a very different space. What made you decide to start?
4: Yeah, well, obviously at very different points in our lives, but <laughs> something just felt right for telling a story. Um, for me, I mean, I was, t- I was, I have a documentary film background, and I was teaching at a film school in Denmark when I got pregnant, and, um, and I went back there after my maternity leave. And having a job and having a baby, being a single parent and having a really intense job, it doesn't go together very well. And um, so at some point I just thought, I don't, I don't want to have to compromise between... That. Like, I'd, I want my daughter to come first. So that was one thing, I guess, one of the things that fell into place. Another was that for many years, I really loved documentary films that take place over years. There are some amazing films and I always found that just an incredible privilege really to watch uh, life um, going past so quickly and be able to reflect on things in that way Um, and so I wanted to do something like that and then when I decided as I was deciding I was going to have a baby on my own I thought well this is my chance this is my story and um, like I didn't have the time to Seek access and find a story that was somebody else's, but my own story like it, that was just a matter of um, remembering to turn the recorder on sometimes as I lived my life and so that was something I could do without a whole lot of time investment that made it possible for me to be working on something without working on something like yeah
3: did you decide that you were going to do your project and then you started recording everything or were you recording everything and then you were like, oh I'm going to do a project.
4: I thought I want to do a project one day and maybe it will be a film or a book or I don't know that I thought of it being a podcast. I thought it would probably be a a film. Um, But then I realised I tried to shoot a bit of video and I just hated doing that. I was really self-conscious and so were other people. I just found that so intrusive and Mm -hmm. an audio recorder was so much better. So for years I was thinking, oh, it's probably an animated documentary now since I have no visual footage. And maybe it still will be one day, I don't know. And then when it came to it, um, I realised I wanted to... Once the time came and I'd left my job and I'd moved back to Australia and, like, this was my moment to... um, I had nothing to lose because, you know, I was unemployed and, you know, (laughs) I was starting a whole new life and I didn't want to just get another job. So I thought, this is my moment to make my creative work and it took a few months to figure out oh yeah okay it's a podcast it's a it's this story and and i was inspired by yours and by startup mm. i thought oh yeah okay this is a th- i can do this i can tell stories about my own life and my material works perfectly to do it with
3: It's funny that you mentioned like documentary film because that's also a part of my background as well. And one of the things that I was thinking about when I started making Millennial was I really, like the best stories I think happen when there's a lot of change that's taking place. And I felt like all I was experiencing in my twenties was change. And also no one teaches you, like you look at all of your heroes and they talk about, Oh yeah, there was this one time when I used to be a bartender, but like the feeling of being a bartender before you get to where it is that you want to be, like never gets encapsulated in a conversation when people say like, oh yeah, I used to do that. But like when you're in it, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> um, and so I think for me, it, I also approached it almost like a documentary film where you wanted to have a lot of action kind of take place in real time in front of the microphone, which I think is what audio like does really well. hmm yeah, uh, yeah,
4: and but I think your motivation when you were starting, I mean, we came from such different places because we're at really different places in our careers. We're like, we have quite a big age difference between us. Um, so what was your motivation when you were starting, kind of at the beginning of your career?
3: So I didn't think anybody was going to listen to it at all. <laughs> uh, I thought everybody was making a podcast. So I was like, oh, I'll just make a podcast because that's just what you do. And... Uh, when I was, yeah, when I was making it, I saw it as a portfolio piece. And so I feel like nowadays, when you want to get into this industry, you have to show people that you're already doing the work that they want to hire you to do. And so millennial kind of became like this thesis project to me creating this portfolio so I could get a job, like it was a means to an end. And I remember applying for my, my job, like a first job and getting a call back and they had listened to the podcast. And I was like, oh, what episode are you on? And they were like, we love it. And I was like, I think I cry in that one. Like, uh, um, but in that way, it was really interesting because kind of walking into a space where you can let your hair down, in a way uh, that I've never experienced before uh, because like when you're illustrating and displaying your life on uh, on a podcast for the public to consume, it's like you are showing and being your true self and you kind of get to walk through the world as your true self in a way. Yeah.
4: But, but you have to teach yourself a lot of things. Yes. To-
3: Yeah, um, a lot of it was, I mean, I had to teach myself most things. We were talking to a couple of people in the crowd today. Um, I think a lot of people are being self-taught now and being able to go online and find resources and creating these kind of side projects that are passion projects where you get to just try things out. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was doing with Millennial all the time gathering, 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 and then um, trying to put together a story arc based on based on your life, yeah. Yeah,
4: I, I came, I started with quite a different um, motivation, I guess, because I started, I don't know, like a year or 18 months after you had started, and there were a few of these types of podcasts out already, like there was How to Be a Girl and First Day Back and start-up, season one had well and truly finished, and I'd seen... There, so there were a few models that I thought, oh, these people are doing this thing. If I tell my story and I tell it the best way I can possibly tell it, and this whole thing of like choosing to become a single mother, it's a bit of a thing at the moment. Maybe you've noticed, like it's in the media, people are interested in that. I thought, maybe if I do this really well, and I put my heart into it as much as I ever have into any job I've had, if I work as hard as I've worked for other people... Then I ought to be able to turn it into something and make it a success. And I, so I you to, wanted that. I ought to be able to make a living yeah. out of my own creative work. And so, yeah, that's what I wanted. And it felt really arrogant. And I feel even like kind of a bit embarrassed to admit it to all of you. But I, that I thought, yeah, podcasting is a thing, and people. And maybe this was also being inspired by startup and companies launching and having success, podcasting just seemed wide open. And I thought, like, I haven't missed this boat. I can jump on and maybe, maybe I can make it work. And so I made this insane, really, decision, but maybe, like, I had nothing to lose, but to work on it full-time for a year. And, um, and that's what I just did. My year just finished. And I'm, I'm still working on it. And, yeah, to be honest, like, financially, it hasn't I'm, – yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. But in every other way, I've achieved the kind of success that I thought was possible and hoped was possible. So it's been a really fantastic experience. And in terms of laying the foundation for whatever next creative project I have, I feel like I've – yeah, it was – I wasn't wrong.
3: Do do people come up to you all the time though, and are like, "I can't believe you have a podcast about your life out there for the world to consume"?
4: No, the people who think that don't say it out loud. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: what what have been the the drawbacks uh, for you um, of having your your story kind of displayed and published out there? Fewer than you would think. Hmm. Um, what I've
4: discovered is that if you, uh, if you find the courage to be really honest and, um, vulnerable and try not to do it in a completely self-absorbed, self-indulgent way, which is always, you know, I, I don't know if I'm pulling that off. Some people think I'm not, um... Then, and tell a story that really matters to you, then, then people respond to that. I mean, some people respond to it. And some people are just not going to like my sensibility. And that's okay. And so, and so I get the occasional um, email or iTunes review, which is just, like, I can't believe what an incredibly self-indulgent person you are. And that's, and, like, it, it really hurts. I, I'm not going to lie. You, you, you are quite good at dealing with that, I'm skipping ahead, but.
3: Well, the, the th- funny thing is like millennial itself, right? The title puts people off, because they're like, the last thing I want to listen to is a millennial talk about their life as a millennial. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, 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 I understand that. But what I also like about the title is it forces people to change their perspective when they start listening and i've actually gotten more emails where people are like i was really gonna i wanted to like hate this podcast but like it's not that bad it's not that bad and i'm like thanks (laughs) high five (laughs) um but it, it is interesting so there are episodes that we have put out one in particular was about um I was grappling with like what it means to have an intern, like when you're in your 20s and then you're starting this podcast and then people want to work for you for free. And uh, we did an episode and I essentially like let one of our interns go because I was like, oh, I don't want to keep fueling this cycle of not paying people. And when we released it... Uh, you know, like there were conversations in there that were definitely like worthy when I was editing it, and when we released it, it was like people were were like attacking me and being like, "You're a monster!" Da 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 da. And for me, I I kind of like that it creates this kind of really intense reaction, and it's almost it's almost like I had to look at it as as a positive thing. Like, wow, these people are getting really stirred up about something that, like a decision that I made in my life. This is good, <laughs> you know? And so like being able to look at it and flip those kind of like negative comments as like, oh, this is, this is something that is, is causing people to react in an aggressive way, good or bad, you know? And, and to also be able to remove that from like me and my being right, uh, so yeah, which is interesting
4: how you do this,
3: which is interesting that you don't
4: do yeah, this, yeah. And I really should, I might take this from you because okay, this okay. Is a good idea, but tell it's just like you have a character,
3: yeah. So when I'm making millennial, we call her Millennial Megan, and so basically, what happens is. I'm going about my day, da 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 Sophie and I are hanging out, having coffee. I whip out my recorder because I'm like, "Wow, well, maybe we should use this on the podcast. We start talking. We go back to the editing room. Uh, and, and when we're editing, it's like we're looking at me, myself, as a character. So we'll start like, oh, millennial Megan, she starts out like this, and then she goes through some sort of change. At this moment, she kind of complains too much. We should take that out, take that out, take that out. But being able to like really look at yourself as a character who goes through different changes, I think is what has created a space for us to like edit uh for me to edit my life without being like personal about it.
4: Yeah, and and that's probably because you have people working with you on your podcast. You kind of need to be able to see yourself as a character for everyone to talk about you as a character.
3: I also think like in the the room to be able to say like, oh, you know, to be able to say like me, 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 yeah. it's just like too much yeah, sometimes. Yeah. You can make fun
4: of yourself a little bit more. Yeah, yeah for a, sure. A more objective. Maybe because I'm working pr- pretty much entirely alone. I, I, I haven't even thought about doing that before. I, I, mine is kind of like I'm pouring my heart out into my podcast. And often... <laughs> The material that I've recorded over six years now, as I'm going through material from a period the period of time that the, the particular episode is in, I haven't listened to it since it happened. Mm. And it's so evocative. And it takes me right back there. And then I have to spend like two weeks making this episode and re-feeling those feelings from that time and as I write and as I edit and as I narrate. And so I I mean, in some of those episodes, that is incredibly um, painful and, um, or exciting or whatever it is, whatever was happening at the time. But, yeah, I, I mean, there was one episode where I, I really spent two weeks crying every day. Like, Even while I was narrating, I was crying because I was living it. And maybe that's... I'm not sure I could work in a team on such a personal thing. I couldn't do it that way mm. anyway. And I think it probably you can certainly some people who listen who give me feedback have that sense that it's like the most intimate thing it could possibly be, and that's that's how it's being produced
3: I think with personal projects um, because you you have access to your own story like you are the expert on your own life your the information that you're looking for and giving to your audience, you are asking of yourself most of the time so i i feel like in a lot of spaces or in in a lot of different edits when we wanted to make um like this scene sing it was constantly like why 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 are you doing this where does this come from and like digging deep 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 Mm. into your life in order to bring out these kind of these these truths of your own life and in that way it becomes this uh yeah like you're saying these these like uh therapeutic sessions, uh, but you are yeah divulging like this this part of you um, in order to make the story sing in that kind of way
4: mm. and this is so, so a place where I feel like I have an advantage over you I think what you're doing is really hard because you're trying to have perspective and give uh some insight into events that are really current Mm. and I'm reflecting on the past and I'm mixing it with the present but I've had years to kind of contextualize these things I think I've often thought of the different podcasts that are doing this kind of storytelling that I I don't think I could do that I mean it's very hard to live your life and have the microscope be under the microscope at the same time really challenging
3: yep (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I mean, there, but like when we're talking about like personal ramifications, uh, and also uh, like I think a lot of times people ask me, what is this, like what happens in your personal life as well, right? As you're making a podcast about your life. Um, I know for like I do a lot of episodes about my family. And there have definitely been episodes where my mother uh, is, like, she listens to it and she gets an insight into my sister that she otherwise would never have known. And she'll call me up and be like, I just listened to your episode and I had no idea your sister felt that way. Thank you so much for making this. So if anything, if you guys want to make a personal podcast to possibly like help your family get back together, that is, uh, <laughs> that's that's helpful in lots of ways. I've had
4: that experience. Well, not exactly that experience, but it's been very healthy for my family relationships as well. It's an opportunity for me to show gratitude for, for a lot of things to my family and to tell them how I see things that have really... Um, you know, kindnesses that people have forgotten they showed me, that have absolutely stayed with me. And, and to be able to kind of highlight those, like, my stepmother and I have the most incredible relationship now, and that was not the case before the podcast started. Like, it's, it's kind of, that's kind of a surprising and incredible benefit.
2: We're going to do a little bit of balancing ourselves, and we'll be back in just a minute with more from AudioCraft
0: 2017.
2: are listening to Chicago's progressive radio American Life.
0: right
1: show about all the unseen. Are you tired of endlessly searching for good radio stories? Or maybe feeling overwhelmed by the amount of podcasts filling up your feed.
2: This episode of Reply All is Radio Lab. I'm Jad Abelard.
1: Well, worry no more, because Third Coast has you covered i'm gwen maxi host of third coast podcast resound resound is a themed hour-long mix of the best in radio and podcasting from the past and present we've been carefully curating nothing but the best stories from around the world since 2004 and we have a treasure trove of amazing audio each episode is bound to have something to fit every listener's individual taste personal stories, essays, sound art, mystery stories that twist and turn, and other audio experiments. So stop searching. Subscribe to Resound today and treat yourself to the finest stories ever told in sound. Your ears will thank us.
0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
4: We've got so much to talk about, but we need to move along a little bit to talk about... um the balance between creativity, passion, and work, and how that's changed as the podcast has become
3: established. Could you tell me about your experience of that? So I think when, when you are creating a passion project, right, and you're doing it all for yourself, uh, there are no deadlines, first of all. Uh, there's a lot of space to play, And I feel like now that Millennial has joined a network and we are on this like producing and editing uh, and releasing episodes every two weeks, it definitely has become more of a job, like it is a job. And in that job process, it's like you have to, uh, there are episodes that will release and won't necessarily be like my ideal episode and that is a part of, I think, letting your uh, passion project transform into work, right? Where sometimes you just have to, like, let those things go. Uh, have, you ex- have you experienced that as well? Uh, I'm still figuring this
4: out very much. I think it, um, making something so personal and... and perhaps particularly when your child is involved and, and then kind of balancing the, you know, wanting to make a living out of this creative work but then feeling like, am I commoditizing my child? And yep. uh, it's very complicated <laughs> for me. I, and uh, so I, I, I now have some advertising in the States and the UK. It doesn't play here. Um, you know, that dynamic insert thing. So that's nice for you guys. Um, so but i I feel weird, I feel weird about it, and it's what I wanted. I'm still figuring out how I handle this. I think to make something so personal and then to um, try and make money out of it just puts you in a really strange place so but I actually started also because I started with this intention of like this is going to be like a business in a way um. I also started with. I made a plan that I'd release episodes every two weeks, mm. which was nuts. When I released my first episode, I hadn't made my second. Like, I mean, same. This is not. <laughs> this is not clever. Yeah, but but then it's also nice because you respond to feedback and like I'm, I'm adapting to how I feel all along the way. But it's an awful lot of pressure, especially if you get sick or your kid gets sick. Or, and the people are saying, where's the next episode? So I was putting that pressure under myself. But then once I, once I joined a network um, and had advertisers, then I felt this massive pressure to not be late with release, which meant sometimes releasing an episode when it just wasn't ready. There are a few I've put out that I wish I had another week. Yeah, that really sucks when it's something so personal. And, yeah, you- but
3: that, that comes apart, I think, just comes with showing up. Right? Like yeah. you have to, that's, do you have to meet the deadline? Yeah. Once to, it's a business. Yeah. You have to put it out. Yeah. And I have this, I've found that along like when passion projects become your full-time job, you almost need to create another passion project on the side Yeah. in order to fuel your soul and to be able to find like a little space to play for yourself. A lot of people call it like the sandbox. Uh, and, and like, I'm, I'm looking for that right now. Yeah, mm. for sure.
4: And I'm still figuring out, yeah, still f- walking that line. Like, you've joined Radiotopia; you're, you're on this path now. My my relationship with Wondery, my network, is it's not so clear and driven. Like this, I, I, where my podcast goes next, whether once I finish telling our story, I continue with telling other sto- other people's stories.
3: I'm still figuring that out. Mm. Um, if, if you had to do it all over again mm. how would you what what would it look like like what would you change I so
4: I just made 20 episodes in a year and it nearly killed me I would I would have I would decide that it was gonna be seasons And that they were going to be, you know... So I can work incredibly hard for a period of time, but then I need to stop and take a break. And that's what I should have done. And um, so, yeah, I probably would have made it 10-episode seasons and not been so afraid of everything I heard and read about, you know, episode consistency uh, of release and, um, you know, you've just got to keep going and going and going. Like, I don't think that's true. I think with storytelling podcasts, I think there are lots of examples of this. You don't just have to keep churning them out, look at Invisibilia or something, or you know, lots of the Gimlet shows, they take a long season break and I should have just felt a bit more brave to do that. And I think my show would have been better and my life would have been better. Yeah, what about you?
3: Uh, Similar in that I think when you create these passion projects, um, being able to look at them in a sustainable model is not like the first thing you think about. But I would love, and like what we're doing right now is like creating a pipeline of like how you can produce something and looking at production and thinking about how long does it take to actually make something and how do you delegate that like with millennial because it is all through Megan, millennial Megan, (laughs) you guys know this now, Uh, it's almost like this bottleneck effect. Right. And I feel like in any kind of production space, that isn't a sustainable model. And so now we're kind of revamping everything and trying to make it less that way. Yeah. So what do you think
4: your podcasting life looks like a year from now?
3: If I had to close my eyes and, and choose that, I think I would love to like open up a door and have a team of people uh, right there uh, all working, you know, uh, uh Roman um, Mars style. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and, and for the pipeline to be there. Yeah. And I think that that for me would be what we would be in a year or, or less, hopefully less. And that's how you,
4: yeah. So it's sustainable.
3: Yeah. 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 That's what about, what about you in a year?
4: I don't know,
3: <laughs> but
4: I know I don't want to stop. I want, to ma- I want to make f- films and I want, to, I want to write a book. I want to write a book of, this, of our story as well. Um, I feel like I want to tell my story until, I've com- until I'm satisfied that it's told in the way that I want it to be told. And then I want to move on and prove to myself and uh, um, anybody else that I can, in fact, tell other people's stories as well. And, um, and I definitely want to keep working in audio. It's just so intimate and accessible, mm. you know, you can, and, um, emotive and yeah. Yeah. I don't want to stop.
3: I, I think that's like the catch 22 with doing these like personal, especially documentary serialized, uh, podcasts. Uh, is that be, because there is like this access to one person, right? There is like this level of intimacy where someone's whispering in your ear that you, it's hard to get in any other, in other mediums. Yeah. uh, That makes it really lovely in that kind of way. But it also, for creators, the audience just wants more of you all Mm. the time, right? And that's something I think that we have to deal with is how do you feed that audience uh, as well as making sure you're creating a sustainable model for yourself.
4: Mm. Yeah, this is maybe we're we're both, working on that now yeah Yeah. Yeah.
3: constantly evolving yeah uh do we want to take questions
4: yeah hi wendy john brand new doomsday podcast uh i'm fascinated you mentioned sophie that there are a couple of episodes that you put out that you know you would have loved to have spent another week on um i struggle in life with wanting to make everything perfect before i put it out there and i'm trying to pull into the space of 80% 80% is okay. Like, good and done is better than perfect than not finished. Does Is that yes. relatable in any way? Oh, completely. And yeah. I feel like this. perhaps this is the first time in my life where I've been successful in doing that. Like, I've been... I've, I think I've stopped myself in so many creative projects through my life by being a perfectionist and therefore never quite getting there, never putting stuff out into the world. And so this was, like, me... Trying to be courageous and also just just make a decision. Right, it's going out and it's going out every two weeks. And if it's like it can't be perfect, if it's if it's just two weeks production, and so people are going to just accept what it is. And so for me, yeah, having the regular release date helped. But before I had advertisers, I could push it a bit, and I'd get a few emails from people saying, "Where is it?" But I'd be like, "Yeah, it's coming." but I can't, that's, that changed. How about you, Megan?
3: I would say you want to have like your golden episodes though, right? So you have these episodes that you're going to be like working really, really hard towards and maybe take more production. Uh, And then you have the ones where you know you can let go. So you're, there's a ratio of you like really putting out work that you do love because that's why we're all in this, right? Is to be putting out, stuff that we love, right? But it doesn't have to be every single time. Uh, I mean, I think I, oh, I don't, I don't have a rate. I think the ratio would be two. Okay. One amazing, you know, so maybe like a, yeah, like a one, one to three. Yeah. Of amazing. Yeah. But I mean, cause it's hard to get to amazing all the time, especially as a creator. It's like, when do you actually feel like what you're putting out there is the bomb? Do you? Yeah, all the time. You know. <laughs> I think for me, when when I know that there's something that I like that I'm putting out there that I really l- I, I don't know I don't, wouldn't use the word love, but just like makes my stomach churn in a way where you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that. Like that that to me is a good sign. Yeah, that to me is like okay, I think that's that's yeah. like making me grow as a human and also as a creator. And if I can experience those moments once uh, every two months, that would be bomb. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Amy from AudioCraft. I really love, Megan, in your podcast, the scenes with your family and your close friends. Um, And I was wondering, how do you go about building up that trust to be able to kind of pull out the mic and record Mm. at uh, family events and things like that? So it's interesting because when I would record other people uh I remember this one instance where I was recording uh, I was talking to like a woman and she was explaining something that happened in her family and she was crying this was like very beginning uh and and I would sit there with my recorder and immediately as she started getting emotional, I would turn off my recorder and like stop because I felt like, oh, this is like a private moment, da da, da. But with my family, um, because that's actually the, almost the most embarrassing moments, you know, you're like, oh, this is just a part of me. And I walk around with my microphone all the time. Uh, my microphone has just become like an extension of me. And so it's almost like I walk into the room with it all the time and I would go to parties and people would almost assume that I would have my microphone or when I'm with my friends now some of my friends think I'm recording all the time
1: like right now
3: they would think I'm recording and I'm like no 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 I would tell you so I think um I think I think it's it's really just like owning it owning your big headphones and owning your uh, microphone and, and also like walking into the room with that uh, and, and also being able to look across from the people that you love and say, no, 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 this is fine. Just pretend like it's not here. <laughs> uh, I also would tell people because my podcast is personal and it has to do with our families, that if I used anything, I would let them know. So in millennial, we just we I gather so much tape. That a lot of times I don't use it, but if we were to use anything, I always let people know. Sally
2: from Kindling Kids Radio. I was just wanting to ask you about what your thoughts are on, um, I guess, bundling production together and then releasing a whole bunch of
3: podcasts all together like binge TV series. Like S so, Town just
4: did?
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Is that yeah, something I think, that you guys would consider?
2: Uh,
4: yeah, yeah. It, it's, it seems like. Um, the podcasting space is very much finding its feet, trying out lots of things that have... And you can, so you can bring any ideas from different mediums that are working and just see, like, of course that should work. It works on Netflix, of course it should work and can be a great way to produce. For, for me, with this series, I don't know if I had it in me to produce it all to the end without the feedback that I got along, along the way. Like, it gave me so much... From my very first episode, I was hearing from strangers and it just gave me confidence and courage to continue. Yeah. It made me believe in myself more. And, yeah, I I've thought if I, w- if I set out to write a book and I was just publishing at the end, I, I wouldn't have finished it. I, I needed that feedback along the way. So maybe that's more of... If you're working as an individual and maybe that depends on your personality as well i there's something very appealing to me of producing something where you can polish it and complete it right to the end and then go he, here you are to the world i like that idea too maybe i'll try that one day
3: mine was happening in real time so that wasn't uh, an option for me and i think like Sophie said, with when she released her first episode, she didn't have her second one. That was the same. It's like, you just had to, I just had to start. And then you create your own momentum. Yeah. That's a really insane thing to do, by the way.
4: <laughs> Flying by the seat of your pants. Any other questions?
2: Yeah. Hi, my name's Jennifer Macy. Um, this is a question, I guess, for both of you. Because you collect so much material, how do you not drown in it. And what's the editing process like when you're listening back?
3: <laughs> I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> uh, I label things meticulously, yeah. <laughs> and I think for a while what would happen is when I, was, when I was going through life, I would feel it in my body of whether or not I should record Or not as as funny as that is but I would be sitting across from someone and if we were talking about jobs or talking about family I would feel it and think should I record will I regret it if I don't yes no yes no and so then I would you yeah you collect all of this tape and I date everything and so in my head, I'm thinking, oh, well, I remember this conversation I had. It was around this birthday party that I went to, uh, and I'm going to pull it. But I think naturally you're going to miss stuff. Yeah, you are. Uh, and, but I think like labeling, being really meticulous with labeling. And then also, like before I approached a millennial episode, like having a map of what this episode was going to be about, and then being able to plug in the scenes from, from my life to be able to support that arc. I think that's what I always went into. So I wasn't just drowning. Every single time I approached tape, it was always with purpose.
4: I recorded for five, four years, five years before I listened to anything. And I didn't label. <laughs> Fortunately, it was date-stamped or I'd be screwed. I'd still be, like, drowning in it all. So when I decided... (laughs) Yeah, there are so many things about the way I've approached this that I don't recommend to you. (laughs) So when I started... When I decided, right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this podcast series, I thought, okay, I'll spend a couple of weeks going through all my material... And so I spent a couple of days listening through stuff and trying to trim it down and label, and then I thought, oh, my God, there is just no... I cannot do this. So then I I took a different approach, which was to um, take the date stamps and think, okay, this episode takes place during this... Well, the, the events I want to cover are this period of time, so I'll just listen to what I recorded in that period of time. And... That can be sometimes it is the foundation of the episode, and sometimes it's just the the little bits of color because it totally depends sometimes I record it massive amounts, and sometimes I record it virtually nothing at all yeah. um, and so some episodes are quite heavily written, and some there's almost no narration as well, so that is just the nature of the material so each. I, I, if I, say, release an episode on a Friday, I spend the weekend just, um, you know, being a parent and sleeping, getting over it, and then on Monday I think, oh shit, okay, what now? And I start going through the material for that date period I think, okay, what is this episode going to be? What the hell have I got? I've got no idea. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. it's really flying by the seat of your pants stuff. <laughs> Um, And then I'm adding to it material that I'm shooting along the way. And sometimes I'm... uh, Sorry, recording. And sometimes I'm recording things specifically to tie them to an event or to a period. Like, you know, it, it feels slightly manipulative, but, you know, I take my daughter to the dinosaur museum because I want to connect that to... Yeah. You know, there's a tiny bit of that. There's hardly any of that, but... But that's how I have not drowned, and it's worked really surprisingly well. I I, I wouldn't recommend
3: it, but yeah, I'm surviving. (laughs) I also think though, when you go into tape, that you are looking for specific things, right? Um, So we used to have this phrase, uh, if there's no conflict, then we don't want it, right? And so, so like, ta- and conflict can mean lots of different things, but tape that, like, makes you cringe or makes you, um, where, where people are, like, having a really intense discussion, just, like, any kind of conflict is what we would pull, and all the other stuff that you may think When I say we, I just mean me. I just talk about, I just say millennial as like a group, but it's really just me. Um, (laughs) uh, But then when we're talking about tape uh, and sifting through it and not drowning, it's like really knowing what it is you're looking for and almost like having a list of priorities so you don't think all of this is gold because it's not, right? (laughs)
2: Okay, we've got to wrap it up
3: there. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Thanks for downloading the Third Coast Pocket Conference. You can hear more sessions like the one we shared today on the Audiocraft podcast or check out their website, audiocraft.com.au. We'll be back soon with more Third Coast sessions, but until then, you can always check out our archive of conference audio at thirdcoastfestival.org. Or you can subscribe to our sister podcast, ReSound, for the best audio stories from around the world. Okay, speak soon. Bye.